Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone out there in Grace Guard Dog Land. My name's Bill, and I'm welcoming my good buddy, Steve, to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. Hello, everybody. You're welcome, too. Believe me, you're welcome. And I'm excited because we're in part four. I think it is part four. Part four of our four-part series. On Easter, our Easter, On Easter master, yeah. how he started this new covenant on Easter. His plan was to make a new covenant, and we're looking at just how how he told the disciples in the upper room discourse how he was going to do this. We like that word, upper room discourse. <laughs> But there's a word we don't like, apparently. It's <laughs> didn't even say it. Nope. Did not say it, but don't, I got some. Don't be saying that mansion word, Bill. I got these rubber darts today. <laughs> I'll shoot you between the eyes if you mention mansion. I've been warned we yeah. are not to use that mansion word. Yeah. And why is it, Bill? What, what, what's the word? Well, I was, yeah, I was at a Bible study last Saturday and they brought that up they said wow that that does change things from I didn't say the word can I say mm-hmm. it yeah 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 okay mansion mm-hmm. and then I told you about it and we said well let, let's look up the Greek word mansion and find out where else it is we found out that it's it's not a Greek word it it's not a Hebrew word no the three languages they spoke during the time when it was said was Greek, Latin, and Aramaic. Yeah. And it turned out it was a Latin word. Mm-hmm. And but it's pronounced mansion. Mansion. And it did not have the the idea of a Mar-a-Lago, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mansion. Mansion. It had the idea of the Greek word Monet, dwelling place. Dwelling place. So that's what the word actually was. The Greek word was Monet. Monet. So when they were saying in the Latin and the King James. Yeah, let me me just clarify. The the Greek word was Monet and it meant dwelling place. There, There were three languages spoken back in Jesus's day, which were Latin, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, four four languages. But 
the writings like the Gospels and everything, they were in Greek. They are what is considered the original writings. The Latin writings were actually a translation of the Greek writings. When King James translated off the Latin, he translated off something that was a translation of the original writings, and he put in mansion. Which had a different meaning. Which had a different meaning. Than what we think of now. That's why we want to go with Monet dwelling places and that's why I'll I'll shoot Bill with this rubber dart if he mentions mansions again <laughs> from henceforth mansion is uh, on the list of banned words banned words yes yes but bring up the thing in oh, the Old yeah. Testament ab- about this dwelling place that is Monet we did a uh, study on did a rock follow Israel. Or we did a podcast. We did do a podcast one time. And I would highly recommend going back to that. Because podcast. it's on this topic. Yeah. I think okay. it was maybe last Easter okay. or around there, around that time. But in Exodus 31, it's the scene is the, the law is about the Ten Commandments are about to be given a second Time. Remember, the first ones were destroyed by Moses, threw them down and broke them. Kind of a picture there. Mm-hmm. And they're about to get the Ten Commandments a second time mm-hmm. from God. And Moses says he wants to see God's glory. It says the Lord says something. He says, I will show you a place that you may stand on a rock. And that word place in the Greek, if you go to the Septuagint, is our word topeth, mm-hmm. which we we took from when we started this series in uh, John 14. Okay. And was it Monet or topeth that was the dwelling place? Monet was the dwelling place, but he said, I will show you a place, topeth. Uh, okay. That you may stand on a rock. Okay. And then he says, I will hide you in a cleft. Clef. Which is a picture of a dwelling place, a Monet. Yes. In the rock. Yes. And we know from uh, Exodus 34, it just says it, or First Corinthians 11 says that rock was Christ. Yep. Yeah. So, in other words, what you're saying is... Back there in the Old Testament, he gave a picture of a dwelling place, a place for Moses to dwell for a little bit of time so he could watch. He could see the glory of God Mm -hmm. pass by. Yes. Now, he didn't get to see God face to face Mm -hmm. because he wasn't made ready. To but, see God face to face, but it wasn't. It was a cleft of the rock, not a mansion. What's <laughs> not? Could you take your trigger yeah. off the dark? <laughs> I'm not going to say the word. Which, so we just wanted to clarify that. That get the idea out of your head that you're going to get your own Mar-a-Lago in um, in heaven. Right. 
you get something better. You get 24-7 presence of God in you. Abiding in you. Abiding in you. you are the dwelling place. That's the point we want to make is you are the dwelling place. He went to heaven to prepare you to be the dwelling place. That's that's why he said in John 14, I might as well do a review. John 14 is, you guys, I'm going away and I'm going to re- prepare you as vessels for me to dwell in, as abodes for me. And then in John 15, he well, says... Well, wait, wait. Just a little later on in 14, it's the same word is used again, but they don't translate it mansion the second time. Okay, bring that out. Where he says the Father will abode, will make his abode with us. The Father and the Son will make his abode with us. And, so he'll make his mansion with us. And he tells us a little secret. You remember how it says, let not your heart be troubled. Mm-hmm. In my Father's house are many... Dwelling places. Dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. That's what it seems like it's saying. Mm -hmm. But he's actually, it's not a command to do something. He's saying, if you believe in God, you actually believe in me. Yes. Because they're one. They're one. Which we're going to see in John 17. God is abiding in Jesus, and Jesus is abiding in God. And he's giving us this instructions that he's going to make us the dwelling places that he is going to abide. And you you see, as John 14 winds down, he says, and the spirit will abide in you. And in that day, you will know that I am in you. And then after telling us in John 14, that he's going to prepare us to be the places that he abides. And remember, this is the Easter message. This is the good news of Easter. When he tells us that He's going to prepare us to abide. Then in 15, he says, so use my strength. Abide in me and I abide in you. I am the vine. You are the branches. He goes instead of houses. Now he's gone to the illustration of us being the branches that he uses. And he says, abide in me and I abide in you and you'll bear fruit. In other words, allow me to abide in you is kind of the theme in John 15. Yeah. Abiding in the abode. They're the same word, basically. One's a noun, one's a verb. Yes. And then it gets into John 16, where he starts telling us that he's going to abide in us in spiritual form. He says, I'm going to send the helper and this helper is with you now, but he will be in you and he will guide you into all truth and he will do these things for you. And he's the comforter and he is me is what he says in John 16. Then in 17, he goes in, which is where we're landing today. He goes into the idea that he he defines eternal life. He says this is eternal life, that they experience God and experience me. 
whom yeah. God sent. He's saying the experience of God is eternal life. It's the experience of God's eternal life coming through us. And it's the word gnosko. Gnosko, yes. Which, An experiential knowledge. Yes, which you, you can look through the Bible and see that gnosko gets used as experience all the time. So we've got the freedom to, to use it that way. And he says this is eternal life. And eternal life is John's way of describing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, or as we learned from our first podcast, the economy of God. I think that was the first one on this Easter series. Yeah. So we're into John 17, and we just want to say a few words about it. In John 17, he's back actually telling us how the new covenant works. He, he just says, I'm going to be in the Father, and the Father is going to be in me, and we are going to be in you, and you're going to be in us, and we're all going to be one, and that's how the new covenant rolls. Us in you, and you in us, meaning you not in your own human determination. Galatians 3.3 again, are you so foolish after beginning in in the spirit, are you now trying to attain the goal in human effort? In human effort is the opposite of abiding in Christ. So we're abiding in his strength and his words. And that's why in 17, he keeps talking about, and I will, they'll, they'll believe my words and my words will be in you. And I have given you the words that God gave me. And you're going to give the other people the words. And then they're going to know that God has sent me because they're going to know that you are in me speaking through me because your words are wiser than human words. Just like my wife always says, when I blunder in my words, she says, oh, I know those were just your words, meaning they weren't the words of God because the words of God come out perfectly and they're edifying. They build people up. That is why we've got the authority to build people up, which should bring us to the word Bill blew my mind with when he was looking at it. Rubber dart gun safely put away? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Let me just read 17, 1 and 2 together. Okay. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Come, glorify your son so that the son may glorify you since you gave him authority over all flesh that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. So that word authority is exousia. Exousia. And what does exousia? Bill, I want you to read it right square <laughs> off the definition of exousia. Not, not, not change one word, but read it just like it comes when it defines exousa, the Greek word exousa. You want the truth. I can handle the truth. Okay. I can handle it. <laughs> exousia means first definition, numeral one, period. 
the power of choice. (laughs) The power to do what you choose to do. So Jesus says, I have given them the power of choice. I have given them the power of choice. I thought he gave us the spirit to. That is the power of choice. That's what frees us from the bondage of Satan. The spirit is our power of choice. We do not do what Satan wants us to do when we're under the control of the spirit or we're abiding in the spirit. That's why Jesus said a whole chapter in chapter 15 and 16 about abiding in him and not your human strength because your human strength, you are controlled and mastered by the sin that overpowers you and makes you a prisoner of it. You don't have freedom of choice. Jesus is your freedom of choice. But what's the next (laughs) definition? Liberty of doing what one pleases. The liberty of doing what one pleases, what one wills. You, You can actually do what you will to God. You remember in Romans chapter 7, Paul was saying, I don't do what I will to do, and I do what I will not to do, and I do the very thing I'm not willing to do, and it's no longer me doing it, but sin that dwells in me. Well, Jesus has been saying, no, dwell in Jesus, and sin will not dwell in you. See, Jesus is telling them the Easter message before he begins to enact the Easter So the message. spirit has the exousia. Is the exousia. That's why he says, and the, right after saying you've got the authority, and he says this is eternal life or the authority. This is eternal life. The ability would, or strength with which one is endued. Paul said what? The thing I will to do? I do not do. But he did will to do it. But he did will to do it. So he made a choice, but he, according to verse 1, if you don't have exousia, you don't have the power to carry out that choice. You can choose all you want, but if you don't have the power to, the power to do what you choose to do, you don't have the liberty of doing what you please to do. Exactly. According to this definition. Oh, man, you're hitting it on the head. That's why back in John 24, 15, they said, we choose to serve living God. And Joshua said, you're a witness against yourself. You're never going to do it because you can't. And we did a a Greek word search. We we did our due diligence. We looked exousia, and I think there was... 25, 30 of them, and none of them. Well, one of them is in the next chapter, right? Mm-hmm. When Remember when Pilate arrests Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or they bring Pilate to him, and Pilate says, Don't you know I have the exousia to put you to death or set you free? What did Jesus say to him? You wouldn't have any exousia unless God gave it to you. God is the source of exousia. So then when we get the spirit and he's in us, now it sounds like we have the exousia 
to not sin. We have the ability, or let me read the direct, <laughs> we have the power to choose the right thing and the ability to carry it out. But it is not in us, not in our human strength. It's it abiding in us. It's abiding by in the spirit. us and doing it for us. And we get the credit for it. They said, you made a good choice and carried it out. Well, it was God who worked in me both to will and to do that good choice that I carried out, Philippians 2.12. And in all our definitions that all of this word was, let me see if there's a count on here, 93 verses it's in. Yep. We couldn't find one that said man had exousia Exousia. to do what he willed to do. It'll, it'll say man was given exousia to do this. Occasionally it says he's given just like Pilate. Pilate didn't have that exousia. exousia. Jesus said the, the only exousia you have is what God, my father, gave you. Right. My, my father is the source of exousia. It says that about policemen. Mm-hmm. They're given exousia from God. That's why Paul says obey them. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. And that's fear true. them. That's true. There was a verse that said that. They can yeah. lock you up. Right, right. He, under God's exousia. <laughs> yes. But pertaining to this Easter message, do you see how Jesus was saying, I'm telling you how good Easter is going to be. I'm going to prepare you as the vessels of righteousness that I dwell in and I work through. So rest, rest as a vessel, be diligent to enter that rest. Stop using the performance treadmill and rest and I will be your exousia and you'll be free from the sin man in Romans 7. You'll be free from the principle, the law of dynamics of sin in Romans 7. Both illustrations are right there, but just rest. Abide in me is resting from your own human effort. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest from the battle with the sin man. I will do that for you. You rest in me and in my strength, and I will exousia for you. I will make all the right choices, and I will carry them out through you. I am your source of exousia. Let me just read one, two, and three together. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, because this is important. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come to glorify your son that your son may be may glorify you as you have given him authority. That's that exousia word over all flesh. Remember, Paul said, I am a flesh. Yes. Sold as a bondage to sin. Right. I can make all flesh behave that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Well, he said he gave him authority over all mm-hmm. flesh. Mm-hmm. So anyone can have this authority, this ability to not sin, to, to live the, the Christian life. And why? Because they have this eternal life, he's going to say. I, Which is the next verse. And yes. this is eternal life, that you may Gnosko, that they may gnosko you, the only true God, 
and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's that word, no, gnosko, experience. So in a sense, they're experiencing the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. I'll mean the same thing. They're experiencing the life of Christ. The, they're experiencing the eternal life. They're experiencing the eternal life is also the kingdom of God, the authority of God, the rule of God, the privilege of God. They're all the same thing, the economy of God, as going back to chapter uh, 14, where we started the whole series on, right? Yes. He, he said, all authority has been given to me over all flesh. The eternal life is the authority over the flesh. It's what puts to death the deeds of the body. If by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will, Zoe, you will eternal life. You will have life manifesting through you. And then he says, Lord, glorify me so that I can glorify you. Jesus is saying, Lord, work through me. You be my power source to get me through this day I'm going to have to go through. Glorify me so that I can glorify you and say, no, it was God in me doing this. Be Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Believe that on the works that I do. God glorify me, just like in Acts. He, he said, it wasn't our piety that we made this lame man walk. It was God glorifying his son in us. And it was the faith of his son in us that made this man walk. But he's saying, glorify me, work through me. I'm going to abide in you. You have the exuma and the exuma is eternal life. So live through me and live through my disciples. And I think exuma is an island in the Bahamas, but exuma. Remember when we went there? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did a job. It was sort of like heaven. Yeah, a little hotter. Yeah, and it had some bonefish. Had some bonefish. That's what I remember. The bonefish man. The bonefish. <laughs> yeah, it did. And uh, sharks that were swimming around me because you made <laughs> yeah. me carry the bait when we swam out to the island. <laughs> That's all we caught that day was sharks. We didn't catch any bonefish. <laughs> I hand fed sharks that day. Not, <laughs> not of my own uh, will, though. Yeah. In my father's house are many mansions. Put the guard, dark gun down. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's what I thought this meant. You have given him eternal life. So I thought it meant, I thought eternal life meant, you know, down here you, you do your best to make the right choices, do the right things, please God by doing the right things the best you can. You're going to mess up once in a while, but you can first John one nine and then get the slate wiped clean. Just goes against everything we 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 learned that made ready meant the slate was wiped clean once for all and never to be looked at again. That slate's gone. You're right, and you remind me just how much I believed eternal life was. Once I die, I I 
get eternal life. You go to heaven and you live in my mansion. And live in your mansion. When he's talking about the whole kingdom of God is down here and right. he's going to live in us day by day. And that is eternal life. Right here, right now. Yes. Is I, eternal life. I was confused, Mon. <laughs> I was confused. And you can experience. That's that's the new covenant. That's the new covenant. Experiencing eternal life is the same thing as John 15, abiding in the vine. Yes. Abiding in the vine is John 14, and my father's house are many abiding places. Places. Yeah. They're all over earth. They're everywhere on earth. I've made many abiding millions, hundreds of millions. They're abiding places all over, and I abide in them, and I work through them, and I do for them what they can't do for themselves. Every day, any day. All day. As long as the I am is in you. Yes. And and when does the I am work? In the moment. (laughs) In the moment. Every moment. Not in the future, not in the past, but in the I am. It's a continual abiding in his presence, in the I am's presence. Amen. That sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, see, don't you realize that's eternal life? That's That's the economy economy of God. That's That's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. What I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say. Don't you realize in Ezekiel, he said, I'm going to give you a new covenant and there's going to be a new economy. I'm going to put my spirit in you and my spirit will do for you what you can't do for yourself. And in that new kingdom, in that new economy, in that new way of life, you just rest and depend on me. Just let me do my thing through you and don't get in the way. I'm making a whole new covenant because you couldn't handle your end of the covenant. So I'm making a new covenant where I will do it through you and you just believe in me and give me the credit for what I do. Speak the truth. No, it wasn't me. It was God in me who made me do a good job today. What's the best way to get you to trust in God? Isn't it by putting you under the law? And, and you make choices mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without authority to carry them out, without the ability to carry them out. Right, right. You you begin to depend on God once you realize you can't depend on yourself. Once you come to the conclusion, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Until you come to that conclusion, you're not really ready to start abiding in the vine. No. No, you can't. As long as you still think that you have some exousia, mm-hmm. and some privilege and mm-hmm. some ability in you to make choices and carry them out, you're not ready. But once you say, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death, which that's what the law was, the body of death, that's what the, when you go back and listen to the podcast on did a rock follow Israel you'll see the first example when the law was given you saw what the departing glory of God and that's all you ever see under the law is the presence of God just constantly leaving you Mm -hmm. you think you got it then you try to 
do something in your own strength without abiding, because mm-hmm. you don't even know anything about abiding in the Old Covenant. It was all hidden it from them. It was a mystery. It was a veiled mystery, hidden secret, like it says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. It was a secret. And it's sort of a secret now, because... <laughs> Sadly to say, man, that's what breaks my heart, Bill. That's what I didn't breaks know my it. heart. I didn't know it for so long. For so long, I did not know that there was really a new covenant and a new covenant way of life. And that covenant was depending on the Spirit and giving the Spirit credit. And all glory goes to God for what he does through me. And that stores me up treasures in heaven. Do you know how many years I did not store up treasures in heaven? Because I was either saying I failed or I passed in giving myself the credit. I failed or I passed. I failed or I passed. It's not the new covenant. There's a new covenant. We have to realize there's a new covenant, a new covenant. The old covenant was I failed or I passed, and we failed. We did. We did. We did. It hurts. But that's what. But I'm glad we did. Yes, me too. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm glad I yeah. failed. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I was a basket case. Yeah, that's what woke us both up to the fact that there is a new covenant because you and I tried so hard to do what those pastors were telling us to do and we failed so miserably that we just said this doesn't work. It does not. I can't do it. Something doesn't work in this. It, it, it and it turned out, God said, it didn't work because of the weakness of man. That was so liberating to me because I I, I just thought I had to try harder. I, I Rededicate. I was at the end of knowing what to do. So what mm-hmm. I did was I just tried Try to that. forget it even. Tried to walk away. I tried to walk away, and that didn't work. Mm-mm. And then I, I just, like Paul, I cried out, wretched man that I am. I, I think I used different words. <laughs> but I, I remember just, I remember being at a, a, a party, and I told all my friends I was a Christian, and then I was a part of this party, and... I remember just going by myself and just like crying, like, look at me. I'm a mess. And then another time I, w- I was, I used to go to First Baptist of West Palm and uh, my friends invited me to go to Sunfest. And I said, no, I'm not going to go. I don't do that anymore. And they talked me into it. And it was the night I got arrested and I was at a store wobbling around buying beer and here come some people from first baptist that knew me were in the same singles group and saw me and i was just i was just so ashamed of myself and so embarrassed and so humiliated and so phony times 100 and i'm with these people having fun that and i used to have fun i wasn't having fun i would i was I was at a celebration being miserable. I did the wretched man that I am who will rescue me. And it was just, it was the night I got arrested, went to jail. 
And then just within a week or two, I started going to a Bible study. And I, I'll never forget it. It was on Romans 6, 7, and 8. And I learned my identity. In I learned so many things in two or Changed three months. Lives. That Yeah. Thank you. Um, and all I wanted to do was tell other people. I never wanted to tell people the message they told me I was supposed to tell people. I was like, I can't say that because I do the same thing I'm telling them that stop doing, you know? Yeah, I can remember doing all the EE, the evangelism explosion. Just it, it just didn't, there was no truth to it coming out of your mouth. You're just like, I'm just repeating and they actually gave you things to memorize. Memorize. So, yeah, a spiel. You, yeah. You, you received a spiel. Yeah, not from the Bible. Not Just from the Bible. put in human words and human thoughts mm -hmm. and human ways of understanding what only the Spirit can do, which is the second part, part about the Spirit. Not only does it equip you to have the exousia to do what you will to do, it also... <laughs> it tells you all the things you have to do. All the things the apostles didn't know, Jesus was telling them. And finally, at towards the end of this, I think in 17, it says, now you're speaking plainly to us, but they still didn't get it. But when the Spirit came, he would explain all this and tell us the things freely given to us. And that, that's the ministry of the Spirit that we're under. That's... John 17. That's exactly what he did. He he went and said, you know, I've given them over to you. I've given them your words. Keep them in your words. Your words are sanctifying. The, give them the words for generation to generation. He says, not only on the disciples' behalf, but on those who would believe in the disciples down through the annals of time. The word just keeps living in people and he gives you the words to speak and you speak out the gospel and the person gets born again because of the spirit of God impregnating them and on and on the gospel goes. Jesus keeps speaking through people and he was saying, let them abide in us and will abide in them and Lord you glorify me and I will glorify you because you're glorifying me and I will glorify you in them which will glorify them which they will glorify you for glorifying them and the words will glorify them and it'll just keep going I will make them shine till here we are in the 21st century and he's been the source of everybody shining since he came back down on the day of Pentecost. See, it's real. He came back down on the day of Pentecost to live in us in spiritual form and to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. This is the essence of the Easter message that he told the disciples in the upper room discourse. There in that room, he told the disciples plainly what the Easter message was. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I will die and 
draw all men into me and pay for all their sins. And I will go to the third heaven and I will shed that blood on the altar right in front of God. And it will purify every believer of his sins. And then I will come back down and live in those believers. That's what he was telling them so plainly that they said, hey, you're speaking to us so plainly that we can tell that you are God and you need no one to question you about anything. You're God. You're speaking so plainly that we know that you're God. He plainly told us the Easter message that I will come back and live in you. Hallelujah, Easter. Thank you for what you inaugurated on Black Friday. Which is chapter 18, and we'll have to cover it real quick. But after this upper room discourse, they go to the Kidron Valley to pray, and Jesus is already gone, and he brings a Roman cohort, it says, to arrest Jesus. We remember, right, a Roman court cohort is 600 6,000. 6, I know it's at least 600. I, yeah. I have seen both. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll go with the low number. Okay. 600 men to arrest Jesus. The most amazing thing happens, though, before we get to Peter's story, before we get to why Peter was told, let not your heart be troubled, because he's about to do something that's going to really trouble his heart. But before that happens, they show up to arrest Jesus, and Jesus says, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says the Greek word, ego, ego I, I me, me, which means I, I am. am. He says the name of God. Which, which he just got done telling us in 17, you'll know that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Mm -hmm. The I am is in me and I am in the Father. Mm -hmm. And what happened when he said, I am? They all fell down. Every last one of them could not. They lost the strength to stand up. They fell on their faces. At least 600 people plus this the Sanhedrin mm -hmm. and the Jewish authorities mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. Pharisees, mm -hmm. they all fell down, which shows us what? Jesus didn't have to go through this if, no. if he wanted to. No, if I'd have been there, I'd have said, hey, let's don't do anything to this guy. He just knocked us over with two words. <laughs> but they didn't because... It, Doesn't it show who had all authority? Yes. He knocked six hundred... Mm -hmm. A minimum of 600 people down. Mm -hmm. And then Peter, to his credit, he does draw his sword and he uh, tries to take a guy's head off and Cuts apparently he's off. not very good with the sword. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he got his ear off. Yeah. Which was a brave thing to do with 600 to 6,000 people Trained. standing with swords in front of you. Once you flash that sword, they would just hatchet you to death. You're toast. Toast. But he did it anyway. And he, nothing happened to Peter. Mm -hmm. And the guy whose ear was cut off was immediately healed by mm -hmm. Jesus. And Jesus allowed him to be, himself to be crucified. Even when he got to 
Pilate. Pilate uses our exusor word, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He says to Jesus, don't you know I have the exousia, the authority to let you go or crucify you? And what did Jesus say to him? You would have no authority at all unless God gave it to you. So where does all... Exousia. Uh, so God gave Pilate exousia. He gave all these people a the authority to crucify his son. Yes. And he died. And his blood was shed. And our sins were paid for once for all. And that remember the sign they put on top of the cross. It said, King of the Jews. The king has come back for his kingdom. And his kingdom is here on earth. And it's, remember, another name for the kingdom of God is the eternal life. Mm -hmm. The eternal life is the king in us Mm -hmm. and us in him. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's, what was the word we we started off with? Not mansion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in my father's house. Mm Mm-hmm. And we, we saw that word is actually oiko, which we get our word e- economy mm-hmm. or the way the, the kingdom runs. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting to how the kingdom runs by Jesus going to the cross, making us ready, preparing a place for us. Preparing a place for us is that place inside of him, just like Moses told our God told Moses, there's a place in me that you may stand on the rock. And it's a, it's a cleft. It means the same thing. There's a in Christ is that cleft that we are placed into, and now we can safely, without condemnation, abide in Him, and we're given the exousia of the Spirit to live the victorious Christian life. All because we're living in the kingdom of God that Jesus brought forth by the going to the cross dying, paying for our sins, and being resurrected because he lived a perfect, sinless life. And now that life abides in us, and we abide in it. And that's really the heart of Easter, I would say. Yes. Amen. Well said, Bill. Well said. Wish we had another week. Yeah. (laughs) Easter's next week, and we we don't have time for another podcast unless we do a Saturday one. We'll see. (laughs) Do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Father God, thank you so much for your words, particularly John 14, 15, 16, and 17, where you, you told us what the Easter message was all about, that that at Easter time you would die for our sins and pay our sin debt and cause the slate to be clean for us, and you would go into the third heaven and cause us to be clean vessels so that 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, you could come back in spiritual form and live in us and start the new covenant that we now live in, whereby you live in us and do for us what we can't do for ourselves 
and we give you the credit and store up treasures in heaven. That's the essence of the new covenant that Jesus went through Easter to start. If we can realize what he had to go through to start this new covenant and what Easter is all about, Father, please enlighten our eyes so that we do, that we know the implications of what Jesus did on the cross and how he inaugurated a new covenant that we can read about in Hebrews. Father, please allow everybody out there to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the eyes of their hearts be enlightened so that they can know how great the incomparably great strong power of God is and know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God, the love that surpasses knowledge, human intellect. Only our spirits can realize that love because only our spirits can experience your love through us. Our human nature can experience your love through us, but our spirits can, and that's what you do. You love through us, and you had to go to the cross to prepare us so that you could love people through us, and now all across the world you love people through us, and we should just give you the credit for what you do, Father. So open our eyes to that unbelievable great privilege you gave us and it's in your son's name that i pray these things amen amen thanks you guys we love you good night we love you guys have a blessed happy easter and we'll talk to you soon amen amen